I've only got one thing to say, and that is, the helicopters are reforming. only for Sweden Rocks to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Super Shitty to the Max being released. But that news pretty much overshadowed Imperial State Electric's appearance at the Electric Ballroom on Wednesday, supporting Graveyard and Nick missing his own shows due to sudden deafness. Of course, I am over the moon that my third life-changing band have got back together. However, Sweden Rocks is held over five days in June and I only have three days holiday unallocated and it seems camping is the order of the day. I, and most certainly as a squirrel, do not do camping. A hotel of the four to five star variety or at a push, a motel, yes, canvas, no. 
Uh, the school has already thought this through and plans to fly to Copenhagen, take a two-hour train journey to the festival, see the helicopters, train it back to Copenhagen, book into a hotel and fly back to the UK the next day. I, on the other hand, as much as I admire her enthusiasm, which I have to say I have let myself get swept along with, think that my 50-year-old body would not be able to cope with that level of activity. My idea of a cracking good night is coming home from the day job to find a nice piece of meat ready to eat in a slow cooker, followed by either a um, the consumption of alcohol whilst the stereo is playing tunes of my choice or popping into town for a gig. I know this is going to sound controversial, but Super City didn't really do it for me. I know I said that the helicopters were one of my three life-changing bands, but that didn't happen until I saw them at the garage, 10th of February 1998, with me then rushing to the merch table to buy Paying the Juice. So all that effort to an album live that, in my humble opinion, is all right, but, you know, isn't their second doesn't seem quite worth it. Uh, talking of music of my choice, I've probably mentioned this before, but with my advancing years, although I do look damn good for it if I do say so myself, uh, with the risk of repeating myself, if I was only allowed to own the back catalogue of three artists, relinquishing and forsaking all others, I would have to choose with no doubt or hesitation, and in no particular order, choose the Ramones, Motorhead and the Damned. So obviously... I'm going to play a track from each, starting with The Ramones and Censor Shit from Mondo Bizarro, an album which was released September the 1st, 1992, and was the first to feature new bassist CJ, who took over from DD, who had decided to pursue a career in rap. Uh, I picked up my copy in the Norwich branch of Our Price on the day of its release, where I wasn't able to play it for five days, as we were only two days into a week's holiday, and the chalet we were staying at, didn't have a record player. Have you ever tried listening to an album just by looking at it?
in a few years time the Ramones will have split up longer than they were together I know, frightening so up next is the mighty Motorhead who are just about to exit their 40th year of killing their neighbours lawn, I'll be front and centre at the Friday night's Hammersmith Odeon gig in January, I can actually remember when I first became aware of Motorhead, I was 13 years old and had just come back from a long weekend at York with my folks, obviously visiting the National Railway Museum but also the Jorvik Viking Museum where I purchased an Eric Bloodaxe t-shirt. It had a wood carving picture of Eric Bloodaxe on the front with his name over the top and rules okay below it in a stylized Viking typeface. Walking down my parents' road sporting said t-shirt, I was approached coming the other way by an older kid who uh, lived on the Lauden estate where up until four years earlier we lived who, as he drew closer, exclaimed, I didn't know you were into Motorhead. Cool. Come Saturday and the weekly Saturday morning shopping trip up to West Wickham, I popped into what was going to become my home from home, otherwise known as Shows Record and Tapes, and purchased the bands at that time, one and only self-titled album. To wit, I have been purchasing their albums ever since. The track I'm going to play you is Motorhead, taken from the expanded On Parole CD, which came out in 
final group in my Desert Island Bands I Can't Live Without list, as you know, is the Damned, who next year will be celebrating their 40th year of their fans skipping off school to see them with an almost sold-out show at the Royal Albert Hall. Before all that, I have a ticket to see them at the Islington Academy on the 20th of December. But what of the set list? The last couple of years, nothing post-Eloise has made it. The material from four studio albums has been totally excluded. Now, it's been argued that anything post-Eloise and Phantasmagoria hasn't lived up to fans' expectations. I have to admit, anything not this earth grave disorder and so, who is paranoid, might not have had the same impact on the damned disciples as their predecessors, but each has at least one great classic damn song, Anything, Amen, W, Dark Asteroid, and long-time listeners will know I'd love the current lineup to tackle Testify. Actually, I'd love Chris Tollimore and Captain to trade guitars on it live. As much as I'm looking forward to the 40th anniversary show, I've got a feeling it will be anticlimacticable. Is that a word? Probably not, but at least I can pronounce it. Uh, I want as many ex members as possible to get on stage and just have a bash even with the death of Bryn bringing things into perspective I can't see Captain inviting Rat on stage Brian possibly who says in the latest classic rock that if anything happens to Rat Captain probably wouldn't be able to forgive himself
was the Nosferatu mix of Testify, which you heard right here on the ParanoidSquirrel.com, or quite possibly the World Rock Radio for the East Midlands. Now, as I alluded to earlier, I have three life-changing bands. The Beatles, The Damned, and The Helicopters. And strange as it may seem, only The Damned were in my three bands that I couldn't live without. As I've already played two of those three, that'll be the helicopters and the dam. For those of you who fell asleep, I'll concentrate on just a fab four. The Beatles are responsible for my desire to pick up a musical instrument, not to make shed loads of money, but after being taken to see a rerun of A Hard Day's Night, I wanted that adulation. As a seven going on eight-year-old, I wanted to be that popular. Funnily enough, though, as I already had started buying vinyl, with the Beatles, I started to collect their albums on cassette tape. When I did start buying the vinyl, mono of course, I was surprised to find out that the tracks on my tapes were in a completely different order to that on the vinyl. The excuse EMI gave me was the need to have two sides of equal length to avoid the problem of listeners stopping the tape at the end of one side and turning over to start midway through the opening track of the reverse. So, by that rationale, How Come Goodnight is in the middle of the second and final side of the White Album tape when on the vinyl, it's the closing track. It's been a hard day's night And I've been working like a dog It's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping like a log But when I get home to you I find the things that you do Will make me feel
as I seem to be doing a My Life in Music show, I best carry on with my all-time favourite single, which uh, you won't be surprised to learn is from an artist who doesn't feature in either bands I Can't Live Without or the bands that changed my life. But it's an actual fact, Ginger Wildheart, with this...
memory serves me well, I believe that song, written by Ginger, was about him confessing to his partner and mother of his two children on a flight to the Philippines the day after his 40th birthday that he was using heroin. I think he either had or was going to propose and wanted to be honest about his addiction. Things didn't turn out as he obviously hoped, with her telling him the marriage and relationship was over. On the plus side, well, if there can be any, he was inspired to write the fantastic Valor del Corazon album, where, yeah, 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 my all-time favourite single was taken. It has everything, hooks, melody and superb lyrics, and 11 years on, I think we can all agree Ginger is in a much better place on a personal and you know, maybe musical level than he was in 2004. I guess as you know, my favourite seven inch, I should let you all know what my favourite album is. Mind you, if you listen to the uh, Wall Rock Radio Tuesday non-repeat show on the 7th of last month, that was October Future and non-Wall Rock Radio listeners, you know it's the High Dramatics and Parts Unknown. What do you mean you didn't listen? I'm hurt. Anyway, the Hydromatics were put together by Nick Anderson, Tony Slug, Thumping Theo and, from the Sonics Rendezvous band, Scott Morgan in 1999 with the intention of recording a studio album of Rendezvous songs. Beside the four Sonics Rendezvous band songs, Scott, Nick and Tony each wrote new tunes for the album like Calling LWA... Valentine Frankenstein, No Justice in Rock and Roll, nailed it, which all seemed to fit right at home. There was also a cover by the obscure Detroit group, The Weather Vanes, with the whole thing finishing up with Baby Won't Ya by the MC5. Back at the end of last century, quality Sonic's Rendezvous band recordings were nearly impossible to find. So, for some people, Parts Unknown was the next best thing. For me, it was the best thing.
favourite concert. I'm really milking this. I have actually got a list of tunes lined up that I was going to play, which obviously some of which you're not going to hear. Where was I? Oh yeah, my favourite concert may surprise some of you. Not the damned at the marquee. Motorhead with Filthy Phil and Fast Eddie, Dee Dee and the Ramones, Metallica with Cliff, or the Helicopters for farewell gigs in Stockholm. But Cinderella at Hammersmith Odeon, January 1991, on their Train to Heartbreak station tour, where Zach Wilde and Rick Allen joined them, completely ignoring the £10,000 a minute curfew jamming Sweet Alabama for at least half an hour. But it wasn't just that that did it for me. It was the whole show from the moment the sliding guitar of the more things changed kicked off until security desperately tried to get us to leave. The best thing was I went to the gig with no expectations of greatness. But boy, what a performance. <laughs>
right, let's get off my personal musical trip before I play you Five Brothers by Marty Robbins, Devil's Gallop performed by Charles Williams and his concert orchestra, something from Slade's Slade album, and a Gary Glitter single. Uh, it seems as, although uh, Brian James's guitar, that Drip Blood CD, came out a while ago on Easy Action Records, Classic Rock magazine has uh, just caught up, and as well as interviewing him in the latest edition, it's the one with Hendrix on the cover, yeah I know, it doesn't narrow it down much, uh, they have given said CD a rather and quite deserved good review. Uh, really, for continuity purposes, I should have played something off it uh, after the one by the damned, however... The helicopter news, although a week old now, still managed to throw me off kilter. Uh, especially as it's been announced that Brian will be playing the 100 Club on the 6th of July to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Dam's first appearance there, which you can actually hear on Play at Your Sister Box set. A new Rose without that drum intro. Great stuff. Build as Brian James and Friends, I can see it being uh, Pilly on drums. Uh, if it was going to be rats, surely they would have built it as such, uh, with Austin Flatpig on base. I still hanker after the Lemmy James Scabies power trio. Bad, we all know that isn't going to happen. But it would be good to see Rad in attendance. Glenn Matlock on base? Now there's a thought. <laughs> The doctor, the doctor was sick. Look for me, nurse. You call me a prick. In come that hot shot between the eyes. Dug out that blood slug. I cried and I cried. You got questions. That's how it goes How the cookie crumbles That's hindsight That's hindsight That's hindsight That's just my mindset Got emotions for my defense. The paramount potion of innocence. A foreign guy. Find my word. Gold transfusion. Son of hell. And you got questions. Yeah, that's how it goes How the cricket crumbles Let's hindsight Let's hindsight Let's hindsight That's just my mindset Doctor, yeah 
Seriously, a bit against some new music that you should hear on the radio, but don't before it ceases to be new. Last time I saw Brian live was up at the Barfly, which is just down the road from the Roundhouse, where the Dirty Strangers were the support, with lead stranger Alan Clayton joining Brian for a few numbers, as he did a year or so earlier at the Fiddler's Elbow. Now, if Brian ever wanted a frontman, he needs only to look in Alan's direction, who is one of the nicest men in rock. The Dirty Strangers have just released a new album, see the word new, in the form of Crime and a Woman. Uh, back in the day, Strangers were pretty much went hand in glove with Keith Richards and to some degree, one would. The Dirty Strangers sound certainly lends itself to the Stone Circa exile on Main Street without being a, a blatant rip-off. Uh, typical London sounding. Now, I wanted to say South London, but as Shepherd's Bush is their manner? I can't. Johnny's got a problem He's always getting caught Jimmy, he's a fighter He's never ever his fault So 
Scott Sorry, he of Sorry on the Sonatas and sometimes bassist in the Wild Hearts has a pledge album on the go. Uh, it reached its goal pretty much early on in the campaign and passed it with another, what, 253% to boot. But feel free to pledge if you haven't already. Uh, it's been five years since Scott ventured into the recording studio, but on the strength of Carry On, any rust that he might have picked up has certainly been shaken off. <laughs> Don't let it bring you to your knees 
me telling you a few shows ago that Darren Birch, bassist with Walter Lure, had sent me the 7-inch of Crazy, backed with that kind from his other and main band, Black Bombers, but I couldn't play it because the USB port on the front of my PC needed to be powered, therefore rendering my turntable temporarily useless. Well, here it is, in all its glory, Crazy. Was it worth the wait? Oh yes. <laughs>
heads up, but if you're in Birmingham on the 4th of December, Black Bombers will be playing the station with Fuck Dust 4. Right, we seem to be getting near the end of this week's show, as Mrs A has put the Tesco shop away and will imminently be requesting transportation up to West Wickham to make cash withdrawals from our building society of choice. I've probably got enough time for, I'll squeeze a couple more tunes in. The first of which comes courtesy of Zodiac Panthers, who hail from Wilmington, North Carolina, and feature the primal garage punk duo of Johnny and Angela Yeager. Uh, They only seem to have one album out at the moment, which uh, you can purchase off their Bandcamp site for the devilish price of $6.66. This is Do It Right Now. of the border to the outskirts of Vancouver, Canada, you'll find the Bell Deans. Although their latest recording isn't exactly new, coming out in April of this year, it's new to me. They describe their sound as a modern vintage blend of Northwest garage rock, see Sonics and the Wailers, with raw soul grooves of the greats like Ike Turner and the Stax record lineup. Works for me. This is Hot Hand, which just also so happens to be the title of their latest four-track EP. Come on. 
a lot for this week thank you very much for listening and bearing with me whilst i took you down my memory lane should we do it again next week but without the memory lane bit until then take it easy